Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Anything goes if you pick up the phone and make the call. Otherwise, we will talk about things that are interesting to us. And Mark, did you have something you wanted to start things out here with tonight? Yeah, I've got an an article from the New York Times about uh, parents giving up their kids. Um, The abandonments began in September the 1st when a mother left her 14-year-old son in a police station here. (laughs) Wait, wait, kids? Well, it was. You mean teenagers? Well, let me uh, let me go on. Um, it's the the law was that they're uh, using here to drop kids off at uh, public buildings was really meant for you know dumpster. It's one babies. of those no questions asked uh, things where mm-hmm. you can drop your kids off here and we'll take them in. Yeah. By September wow. the twenty third, <laughs> two more boys and one girl, ages four, eleven to fourteen, had been abandoned in hospitals in Omaha and Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Then a fifteen year old boy and eleven year old girl were left. The biggest shock to public officials came last week when a single father walked into an Omaha hospital and surrendered nine of his ten children, ages one to seventeen. Whoa! I wonder why he tried to keep what well, we decided to keep one of them. Anyway, um, saying that his wife had died and he could no longer cope with the burden of raising them. In total, last month, fifteen older children in Nebraska were dropped off by one a be- month. Yeah, by a beleaguered parent or custodial aunt in Nebraska. I mean, that's not a really populated state. Not particularly. What is going on? I mean, is this happening elsewhere? Is it just Nebraska? Well, um, let's go. Let's go okay, on. Okay, all right. Um, I think that this law is uh, specific to Nebraska, hmm. but well, they have I, stuff I've like seen, that. I've seen elsewhere. laws elsewhere, but you know, maybe there's an age limit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Hmm. Um, or a grandmother who said the children were unmanageable. Officials have called the wow. abandonments a misuse of a new law that was main, mainly intended to prevent so-called dumpster <laughs> babies, the abandonment of newborns by young, terrified mothers, but instead has been used to hand off out-of-control teenagers, or in the case of the father of 10, escape wow. by financial and personal uh, despair. The spate of abandonments was has uh, prompted an outcry about parental re- irresponsibility and pledges to change the state law. But it's also cast a spotlight on the hidden extent of family turmoil around the country and what many experts say is a shortage of respite care, counseling, and especially psychiatric services to help parents in dire need. Um, and I think that they're, they're they're pointing out something here. If this is happening in Nebraska, where they have this law where they can just you can just get rid of your kid with no questions asked, yeah. um, it's <laughs> happening elsewhere. But they're not getting rid of the kids. You know, the parents they're, they're just keeping, keeping them, them and it's yeah. even you know which is worse. Wow, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, you can't pass a law to make people good good parents, right? Nope, you cannot. Not it's not going to help. And but then again, the foster system is not exactly no super duper. None of this is good, right? So um, uh, some who work with uh, troubled children add that economic conditions, it's always economic conditions, like stagnant and low-end wages and the epidemic of foreclosures may make the situation worse, adding layers of worry and conflict. Well, maybe bad parenting is a factor, too. And the fact that you don't, you know, if you were raised by bad parents, you don't know anything about good parenting, and there's just no book that's got it all right on this, I don't think. So, I mean, not that I know. I haven't read them. I'm not a parent, so... Don't believe me on this. I think Don't tough economic times do make things difficult, but I'm telling you that people that have the toughest of economic times are going to have tough economic times anywhere. They've been irresponsible with their money. They're going to be irresponsible with, uh, irresponsible with their money. 
Yeah, that's it. It could it could just be an excuse. Though that said, tough economic times could result in some people working a little bit more often than other people. You know, might. And if you're working too much, then spending time with your kids could suffer, and therefore you may not have cultivated the relationship that you might have liked to cultivate with your kids. But all that said, I think if you do put the effort into it, you probably can be okay in that department. If you're trying, you're trying. If you're not, you're not. I have no doubt that there are additional stresses today on families who... We're already um, in the margins, said Gary Stangler, director of the uh, Jim Casey Youth Opportunities Initiative in St. Louis, which aids foster children entering adulthood. Mark Courtney, an expert on child welfare at the uh, University of Washington, said that um, what happened in Nebraska would happen in any state. These days, there's a huge void in services for helping distressed families. Has there always been had there always previously been help for um, help for distressed families? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Mr. Courtney said, and when the children are abused or neglected, they can be taken by the child welfare system and possibly enter foster care. When um, they commit crimes, they enter the juvenile justice system. In both cases, children and parents are supposed to receive counseling and other aid. But when troubled children do not fit those categories, they often fall through the cracks. Mm. Even Those um, darn cracks. Yeah, those darn cracks. They're all over <laughs> the government, aren't they? The, their government safety net. Even middle-income families with uh, health insurance often have only paltry coverage for psychiatric services and cannot afford intensive or residential treatment programs. The poorest on Medicaid. I I don't understand why necessarily. I mean, maybe psychiatric services would help, but that's always been sort of the billowack of the the wealthy or at least, you know, stable middle class. I'm sorry. You know, that's just the way that is. I mean, should. You mean they were the ones that would afford it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, they cannot afford um, intensive or residential treatment programs. The poorest on Medicaid often have trouble finding themselves um, therapists who will take uh, the low rates. Hmm. Medicaid doesn't offer the best rates. Mm-hmm. Some parents are reluctant to seek whatever help does exist. Jim Jenkins, a uh, computer network manager in Lincoln, suffered through years with his teenage son, whom he described as out of control. I can see some parents getting overwhelmed and deciding that giving up the child is the best thing to do, Jenkins said. My boy's mother died when he was eight at age 13, he seemed to become a different person, constantly in trouble at school, making threats that led to visits by the police. <laughs> well, now, between 8 and 13 is a long time, and a lot can happen. I mean, a lot can happen in one year of a person's life. So to suggest that it was mom dying that contributed to that five years later, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it was. Maybe he's just an angry teenager. You know, maybe you're a lousy dad. That's all possible. I, I, it's it's possible. I, you know, it, it sounds to me like the mom dying is that's tough on a kid. Yeah, sure. It was just a living hell for years. I I don't know where I didn't know where to turn, and I took it on myself um, that it was my fault. Finally, the police made it um, made him put his son in a hospital for troubled youth for several days, and told him about a respite program at Cedars Home for Children, which took the boy for a week, giving Mr. Jenkins, his daughter, and his new wife a break and starting therapy for the boy. After a while, you realize this is not going to end today. There's no 30-minute solution, Mr. Jenkins said. But after uh, years of therapy, his son turned a corner and has a diploma and plans to go to college. I was lucky. Uh, adding that, um, Mr. Jenkins said, adding that a parent with more children, a less flexible employer, and little money may throw their hands up. In July, Nebraska became the last of the states to enact a so-called safe haven law. Such laws um, permit hmm. mothers to leave an infant at a facility with no fear of prosecution. Nation- so wait, when was it? When was it they uh, in- instituted this? In July, but everything happened started happening in September. Huh. Well, maybe oddly. the word took a while to spread. Hmm. 
Nationwide, more than 2,000 babies have uh, been turned over since Texas enacted the first such law in 1999, according to the National Safe Haven Alliance in Virginia. But Nebraska's virgin, version was far broader than all others, protecting not just infants, but also children up to age 19. Wow. How do you turn over I a 19-year-old? Here I have my loser son. <laughs> hasn't got a job. Read, you know, out of high school. Have you ever thought about doing something like this? Were you ever so frustrated with your teenager that you just felt like loading them in the car and dumping them out in front of the police station? 1-800-259-9231. How did you deal with that? If you were, you know, pushed to the brink of wanting to do something like that, but obviously uh, we're not able to. How did you deal with that? Did uh, did you patch things up? Did it work out for you in the long run? Are these people just, you know, having a little spat with their teen and then deciding to dump them out on the police department to punish them? Is that I mean, that could be it too. You know, maybe they maybe it's not really a long-running thing with some of these parents and it's just that they got pissed at their kid, didn't know how to deal with it, figured they'd punish him by turning him over to the state. I don't know. I'm I'm just speculating on what could happen. Yeah. Um, Mr. Stanton, who gave up uh, his oldest child, uh, an 18-year-old girl, remains something of a mystery. His wife died in uh, February 2007 after giving birth to the 10th child. This is the guy with the 10 kids. Both uh, parents had sporadic employment. For nine months in 2004, the children were taken by child welfare officials because their um, home was filthy and disordered and the gas and water had been turned off. The family has since received public aid with rent and utility bills, while Mr. Stanton, um, for unclear reasons, recently quit a factory job. He sounds like a real winner. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, it is your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives and entire years' worth of the programs right there waiting for you on the front page. Just click and download. They're yours. There's no logging in. There's no mandatory anything. You just click and get them free at freetalklive.com. And the world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is happening October 10th, 11th, and 12th, all at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables showing, uh, showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m., $10 per person. That's knobcreekrange.com. KnobCreekRange.com. Coming up, we'll tell you about some hot dogs that were blown up. But first, since uh, that will involve the police, let's go elsewhere to Australia, where one of Australia's most senior organized crime investigators has been charged for alleged involvement in a $120 million drug importation conspiracy. Now, that's no small-time dealing. $120 million. In a move that stunned law enforcement officers across the country, Mark Standen, assistant director of investigations with the NSW Crime Commission, was arrested recently in a raid by Australian federal police. Standen, 51 years old, has supervised some of Australia's biggest international drug busts and investigated corrupt police. This is, this is a top cop. One of their top drug cops has been discovered to be corrupted. 
Isn't this just the way the war on drugs works? Well, it's it's the easy money, you know, and and no one's immune. That for sh- that's for sure. Yep. So on one hand, he's out there busting drug dealers, but on the other competing, hand, competing drug right, dealers. Right. Comp- his competition. On the other hand, he's out probably selling the very same drugs he's uh, he's stealing from people. How better to get your inventory? He was arrested at his desk in the commission's high security Sydney offices by an AFP task force investigating an alleged conspiracy to import chemicals from the Netherlands to manufacture the drug ICE. And I believe ICE is a street term for... Methamphetamine. Yes. A 45-year-old man has been charged over the alleged conspiracy to import ephedrine hidden in a consignment of basmati rice. The Crime Commission confirmed the arrest. They're arresting people for ephedra. (laughs) Apparently, Commission Head Philip Bradley might make a statement today. She said, well... Ephedra that's being smuggled in something that is not obviously ephedra, I suppose. So if you're smuggling ephedra, it's probably odds. Odds are probably good. Oh, I'm not saying that. It. I'm not saying that they're not going to use it for that. It's yeah. just that I bet it's illegal. You know. They, oh, okay. Yeah. I, you're probably right. And there you go. It's a it's a cold medicine. It's allergy medicine. Mr. Standen, who has had access to some of the country's most sensitive intelligence, was taken from headquarters then to Sydney Police Center. Federal police cordoned off the offices dubbed the Star Chamber by criminal defense lawyers and alleged criminals taken there and compelled to give evidence in camera and took a number of files from the premises. Apparently, the arrest was part of a series of raids in Europe where over 150 police raided homes and offices in four cities in the Netherlands, making 11 arrests. If Standen is successfully prosecuted, it will be one of the highest level corruption cases in Australian history. Now, that's not to say that there aren't more corrupt cops up at that up at those high echelons. It's not to say that. It's in just every that, country. Right. Well, in every country, in Australia as well. This is not the only guy in Australia that is doing stuff like this. It's just that he's one of the few who's ever gotten caught. Now, there's no way to know how corrupt the cops are. There's no way to gauge. You you can't look at the corrupt cop stories out there and say, well, we can extrapolate that because uh, X amount of cops are caught for being corrupt, that X amount, you know, Y amount of cops are actually corrupt. It's just a few bad apples. Well, it's not necessarily. No. The, the thing is, is that much I'll you know, tell you for cops sure. Cops are going to get caught less often, not more often than the regular individual, because they have the ability to, for, you know, to, to to throw people off the trail of things. So, if he's uh, su- successfully prosecuted, it'd be one of the uh, the highest level corruption cases. Uh, he is one of two assistant directors of criminal investigations. He's worked for the uh, the. I guess the Federal Police Force there, National Crime Authority and Customs. So had quite a long career in the government's police system. His arrest follows criticism of some of the recent operations he's been involved in, including a compensation payout of almost $10 million to a group of officers from a covert task force into organized crime. And uh, there's more here. Officers fought for more than a decade to clear their names of any hint of corruption, which left their police careers in limbo. Also controversial was an operation in which police released seven kilograms of cocaine onto the streets to follow alleged drug networks, but recovered only one kilogram. (laughs) So essentially, by the cops doing that, didn't they become drug dealers? Sure they did. The operation targeted... so. So it's okay to sell drugs as long as the cops are selling drugs if it's for the reason of, well, we wanted to see where the drugs went. <laughs> also, uh, the operation targeted the important, or the importation from South America of cocaine through a drug ring linked to Qantas Airlines baggage handlers involving the Sydney underworld figure Michael Hurley, who died before he could be prosecuted. In July last year, it was revealed that three officers involved in the operation were disciplined for their role 
and allowing cocaine to be sold but not retrieved. Hmm, wonder how they benefited from that. Hurley was on the run for almost a year before he was arrested. The commission and the police blamed each other for leaking to Hurley that he was under investigation and his arrest was imminent. You know, this is one of the other good things. We don't really talk about it too much, but sometimes we talk about some of the the things that are perks uh, about being sort of in the police system but also being a drug dealer. I mean, there's some obvious perks, and maybe this is just one one of the more obvious ones that haven't really necessarily discussed it. But you're on the inside, man. I mean... If you know people in the system, especially if you've been there for a while, which may be one of the reasons why you see rookie cops getting busted more often than the uh, the long-timers, if you're in the system and you've got connections, especially if the uh, the connections themselves are corrupted, then you're going to get a, psst, hey, guess what? You know, well, you're being in, looked into. Well, not just that. Um, they're looking into you. But what if you've got your, your 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 lieutenant on the street? You do all you know all your business through a couple of few guys, which would be the smart way to do it. Your by soldiers. The way. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, uh, your lieutenant would be how I would use that term. Right. Anyhow, um, and you know that one of them's going to get busted. Wouldn't it be a lot easier if one of them just came up dead? You know, because it's likely Ooh, yeah. he's going to roll on you, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, it depends. You could, you hear you could about probably these dr- get away with killings and stuff. Yeah, I don't know how often it happens in the world of cops. I mean, you could probably get away with. I mean, I don't even know how often it happens in the world of the drug land. It does happen. I don't want to sound like it doesn't. But if you're in the upper echelons and you're doing big business like that. The increased risk of death is certainly there, but at the same time, you could probably successfully shut somebody up by threatening his wife or threatening his kids. Look, Just if saying. you you know if you roll over, little Johnny's going to turn up dead. Mm. You know, put Tough. a horse head on their front door or something like that, or out on their front porch. You can do things that will scare the living daylights out of somebody, and they're not going to roll over. Most of these cops, you know, they they care about their families. Even though they may be corrupt, bad guys in that way, they one of the reasons a lot of them do well, the things they do is because they want to put their kids on, through college. Why wouldn't they? Uh, sure, they care about their families. Everybody does. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm saying that the cop could kill off his you know lieutenants who aren't uh, police officers rather than allowing them to roll over on him. Is what I'm saying. Oh, I thought you were saying his lieutenants were police officers that he was having some of his lower level cops. No, you don't do kill the cops. Dis- do the distribution. That wouldn't work. Okay. 800. They investigate that. 1-800-259-9231. So more evidence, in case you needed it, that the police corruption really does rise up through the ranks. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.
show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features do include the bulletin board system. We've got over 400,000 posts. There is a lot to discuss there. Everything from serious issues to fun stuff. Enjoy it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. We talk a lot about freedom here on Free Talk Live. One of my first exposures to the concept of liberty, liberty came from superhero comic books when I was a kid. Right now, Free Talk Live listeners can get an autographed set of Freedom Force comic books for only 12 bucks, shipping included. I believe, actually, he may have uh, brought the price down a little bit. But that's shipping included, $12? Damn. You get a whole set of comics? Um, I think it's I think five, six issues. Check out the uh, child-friendly superhero adventures of Minuteman, Liberty Lad, Manbot, and El Diablo, and the rest of the Freedom Force team at... Uh, you, all you have to do is go to freetalklive.com, and the banner is uh, down on the right-hand side, down at the uh, lower end. It's uh, Freedom Force comic books. I've really enjoyed it, and I've put a, a set of the signed uh, uh, copies away for Jack. I, I think he'll enjoy it, too, when he gets older. 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls, and then we'll talk about the hot dog bomb, whatever that means. First, it's Dave listening to WAIS in Athens, Ohio. Hello, Dave. If you guys wanted me to answer a question, I, my answer would be no. You know, I wouldn't be in favor of doing that. Doing what? What was the question? The question was if I went into court and talked like a person with mental retardation, you just don't think that's uh, fair to do? No. To what, the what, why is it? Huh? Why? Because I would be put... I think that we'd be putting them down a lot. The, the people with uh, that, that are mentally yeah. retarded? Yeah. Now I understand where you're coming from, uh, Dave, and that wouldn't be the reason for it. That wouldn't be the that wouldn't be what you were do what one was trying to do there in that particular instance. And what I would say to that kind of is, you know, I can make all kinds of uh, silly voices that characterize all kinds of people. I can talk like a black guy. I can talk like I can talk like a guy from uh, who's got a mainline accent, Thurston Howell the Third. And you know, different people could be offended by me making those you know making those caricatures. And I wonder, sort of, where does it end? Do I just not to get make get? Um, I just not get to make any kind of caricatures without hurting someone's feelings. Well, doing cartoon voices or doing the president, something like that, wouldn't offend me. Well, it wouldn't wouldn't offend you, but it might offend the president. It might offend the supporters of the president. It might offend uh, people like in different categories. It's so hard, you know. I mean, it's you know, obviously, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody um, who's you know their their mental capabilities or anything like that. However, I think that there's there's kind of this line, you know, there's not a line. There's a gray area where one kind of you know you you have to be able to to take to take a joke to a certain amount. All right, let me. Let me think it over, and I'll give you a call back. Fair enough, Dave. Dave. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for the call and the consideration there. 800-259-9231. What he's talking about, I think was we were uh, discussing it last night, mm-hmm. and the idea was that in the case of uh, Concord, New Hampshire, there's a federal courthouse where the the bureaucrats that are running the security there are very, very mean, and they're just vindictive and nasty. 
And so the idea proposed, and I don't know if it was you that proposed it, Mark, or a caller, but I don't know. Somebody proposed the idea of going in and having somebody act as though they they had some sort of mental uh, di- di- uh, dysfunction, just to playing where, around with the uh, bureaucrats. Yeah, I mean they don't know who you are, and it is a public trial. So the uh, the intent would not be of going in and just you know doing that sort of stuff and and really putting on an act for these guys would not be to make fun of those who have real mental disabilities. The point would be, because you aren't doing it in front of them. Right, the and not all would, of them talk like that. Certainly, the vast majority of them don't. Some right. do, you know. The point would be to just harass these cops, or whatever you want to call them, court guards, to just give them a tough time. That's all. Just That would be the only purpose of and it. And there's this, you know, there's this... I think intent matters. I, I, I Well, yes, I do. And I think there's... Um, there's one thing's different. It's different to, you know, use terminology like, for instance, it's uh, it's pretty common to call something that uh, you think is is uh, dumb or uh, out of place. Uh, qu- um, you know, queer, queer I think is a term we used to use, but now they'll call it gay. Okay. Um, that's not a slight against gay people. You know, I yelling, uh, you know. Faggot! At somebody coming out of a gay bar across the street. That would be. You know, that's an awful thing to do to somebody. Right. That's that's mean, and there's no good reason for it. Um, whereas, you know, using terminology that I, I, I can see why somebody might not like it because it, it disparages their group or whatever, but when, when you start going that route, you're getting to the point where you're just, you're losing the language. You're using your, losing your ability to express yourself. And... How far down this rabbit hole do we go? Of what is offensive yeah, and what should what, be done? Yeah, what's offensive to people? Because, honestly, people would like to stop me from saying the words that I say. I don't remember whether it's you or I who called in on uh, a radio show here locally in um, town called uh, Talkback. Mm-hmm. And we were asking the bureaucrats if they were willing to use force to do this or that. Oh, no. And no, one, no, of the, no. one of the bureaucrats said, this line of conversation is making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, she's getting uncomfortable because we were asking her about the use of government force that she was willing she's to a, use. She's affiliated with. But yeah. it, because she was uncomfortable with it, should I not be able to say it? Point out the truth? She would have liked very much for you to stop saying what you were saying, yeah. In fact, didn't they hang up on you shortly thereafter? Uh, there, thereabouts, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's uh, that's the tough part about free speech, you know. The, uh, but the whole but idea. on talk radio, you pretty much have to hang up on some people because, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep on going. Yeah. Well. <laughs> So, but I mean, that's and of course on talk radio you don't really have free speech. You just have what the hosts allow you. That's uh, not but, government, right? And yes, uh, the, the the First Amendment, the Constitution uh, was very specific that free speech was a very important idea. It doesn't apply. <coughs> it doesn't apply on private property because on private property you get to set your own rules about what is and what is not appropriate. So if I'm in your house and I'm or Dave's house. And I make an inappropriate comment about people that are mentally disabled, and Dave takes it personally, he absolutely has the right to say, well, Ian, I did want to have you over for dinner, but now I've changed my mind. Please leave. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely has the right to kick me out of his house sure, for whatever can, reason. If, yeah, for whatever, well, for whatever reason and um, for whatever group that he feels is disparaged. But if I'm on the street... And I'm standing on a soapbox with a megaphone in my hand, yelling things out, just mean and nasty things, yelling them on the street corner about whatever interest group you want to target. 
and somebody gets offended, well, too flippin' bad. This is the tragedy of the commons, actually. It's another example of that because we have this idea of public property where everyone owns a piece. Well, if everyone owns it, then no one does. And so it, anybody can be there. This is why the Klu, Klu Klux Klan um, can uh, do parades on, you know, whatever yeah. day, you know, in their robes and stuff like that. You wouldn't have to be offended by that if that wasn't pr- public property. Right. If it was private property, they'd have to go find somebody who has a big tract of land to have their little parade on to I'm allow sure them to have that. their parade. <laughs> yeah, but it might be out in the middle of the boonies. Right, where no one would see them. Right. With their stuff. So interestingly enough, the public property situation actually leads to uh, instances where more people could be offended by uh, speech they don't like than they might otherwise in a private society. So since we have this concept of public property, and as long as we have this concept of public property, anybody who wants to should be able to go on that property and hold whatever offensive signs or spout whatever nonsense through a megaphone they want to spout. And if you don't like it, well, the best solution to that is to just shout back if you really are upset uh, or oh, just ignore no, them. No, no, no. You don't shout back because it's simply not going to do any good. Well, you know. some people have so I don't necessarily mean directly at the person. Some have said that the best solution to speech you don't want to hear is more speech. Instead of trying to shut down the speech you don't want to hear, get out there on the radio waves and the television channels and whatever newspapers might be in the area and talk out about why these people are wrong with their belief system and speak out on the issue. That way people can become enlightened instead of just, you know, the the, the gang of people with the pitchforks and the torches. Mm. It just I, seems I, I like a sensible solution. 800-259-9231. You bring up anything or blow up the hot dogs. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Dot com. And if you want to help support the show, we ask that you go ahead and shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Uh, whatever it is you buy, there are over 41 categories uh, in which to shop. And free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of items. So head over there, and you can even buy used, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage if you start your shopping through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. For instance, I actually went and got something today. Uh, I got a new battery for my cell phone. Noticed that it just hasn't been holding a charge as long as I think it uh, used to. So I think it was 6 bucks plus like 5 bucks shipping for a phone battery. That seems pretty darn good. And you know, the more you buy in many cases, you get the free Super Saver shipping kicking in. It doesn't kick in on everything uh, because Amazon has a lot of third-party sellers, which is one of the more brilliant things that Amazon does is they, they aggregate various different third parties into their Amazon system so you can buy all kinds of products that Amazon would not normally be able to warehouse and carry themselves through these other shippers and these other uh, players basically but yet still amazon is sort of facilitating all that and if you buy those products through amazon through amazon.freetalklive.com we get a percentage so 800-259-9231 allows you to get in touch with us about whatever you want let's talk to paula in florida you're on free talk live hello paula yeah hi hon uh, we got some good news today uh, Excellent. on cnn okay. they said it looks like mccain's lost the election 
How so? Huh? And why is that good news? Wait, doesn't that happen a month from now? That'll give Chuck Baldwin a better chance. Ah. How is it? Wait, how, what? How has McCain lost the election? It hasn't uh, happened yet. That, the, what they have been seeing happening all over the country, and they had the numbers and all that for for all the areas. Are you talking about polling results that you know where the, the Zogby or whoever goes and they call out, they cold call a thousand people, a thousand likely voters, and they ask them who they're going to vote well, for? I don't You're know saying exactly how they do it, but anyway, it looks it like, you know, like you know that uh, right now between uh, McCain and Obama. That McCain has lost it to him. Well, I mean, let me tell you something it. here, Paula. I don't know. Last I've seen these polls, it's been pretty close. I don't look at the I polls. I mean, anything can happen in a month. Yes, I don't yeah. look at a poll, the polls because I don't give a flip what happens. It, it's not going to matter to me one uh, whit which on which one of them wins. But some people do care. Some people do. Yeah, well, but let me point something out to you, Paula. Back in 2004 and 2000 and every other election that they've been doing polling in. The poll results have shown all kinds of things in advance of the election. Well, One candidate's up, the other. Can- right. What does it really matter, Paula? I mean, whether it's McCain or Obama, they're both going to continue the war. Well, she wants both- Baldwin. Oh, she wants well, Baldwin. I'm, I'm for Chuck Baldwin. I mean, Ron Paul's oh. everybody to vote for him. Okay, well, hey, there you go. I'm not going to vote for him, but, but I, I like Ron Paul, but I don't well, like Chuck Baldwin. He's party. Yeah, well, just because you say you're for the Constitution doesn't mean you actually understand well, you what you're doing. you don't think he's that doing. much of a constitutionalist? I think he's better than uh, McCain or Obama. Like, if you had to choose between one of those uh-huh. three, Baldwin would be the better choice. But Baldwin is uh, hes kind of like a a moralist who wants to force his morals down everybody else's throat. To some throat. extent. Yeah, and I don't well, appreciate that we need, at all. We, we need to clean this government up. I mean, it's I so don't need corrupt to do anything. and evil, it's unreal. Well, I see where you're coming from, I, and I don't know if it's realistic what you're suggesting. Well, my cousin is is going to get to it. He's running for president for Florida too. Running for president? Oh, yeah, oh, I have really? a cousin here that's running for Florida too. But you're gonna you're gonna leave him out in the cold, and you're gonna vote for Chuck Baldwin? You no, it's what for... I'm saying is I don't. Do y'all have y'all heard anything about a vice presidential candidate with Chuck Baldwin? I'm no, sure I guess he I has haven't. one. I... Because he's going to get in touch with him because we're both they're both right here in Florida. I see. Oh, very and good. And he's going to put in a call to him tonight. Good luck well, to that. I, I wish that. him the best of luck. I just don't think that you can. I don't think you can look at the polling results and and actually extrapolate anything useful well, as far as what's going to happen in the future. I don't think you well, can. At least it's looking good anyway. I mean, you know, more so. Well, yeah, I, think I, think a lot of, I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed with uh, their two choices and uh, um, likely vote for Baldwin. We shall see. Thank you, Paul, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I think it's possible that Baldwin will do far better than Bob Barr. I think the Constitution Party, because because Ron Paul uh, got behind Baldwin, mm-hmm. and remember, the reason why Ron Paul got behind Baldwin was because Bob Barr Snubbed. stabbed him in the back. Snubbed him. I stabbed him in the back. That's what you, what, what else would you call it? I I'd mean, call it a snub. Bob Barr was invited to uh, this conference with... Ron Paul, with all the other third-party candidates, kind of a a big press conference to promote the idea of voting third-party. And he had indicated he was going to attend. So you want to call it snubbing? Maybe you want to call it ditching Ron Paul? How about ditching Ron Paul? But it was worse than just ditching Ron Paul because his press secretary or somebody like that, somebody working for the Barr campaign, wrote this scathing attack against Ron Paul and and uh, the other third party people but mostly the Ron Paul campaign I mean, it was just totally uncalled for and I I would consider it more than a snub it seemed to be a, a stab in the back because they were both supposedly friendly with one another before that particular time that led Ron Paul to go ahead and change his mind he was going to not endorse anybody 
And then once uh, Barr's campaign stabbed him in the back, he decided to go ahead and, and endorse Chuck Baldwin. So all of the Ron Paul fans out there that were were hoping Ron Paul would endorse someone did finally get an endorsement. I think that could really go a long way uh, come November, and you may see the Constitution Party get the most votes it's ever gotten, and probably more than than Bob Barr. Not that I I know anything. It, what my predictions are are any are not any more good than any of the polling predictions. That's for sure. Well, the polling is uh, scientific data, whereas your predictions are just you know your guesses as to what's going to happen. I just think Ron Paul holds a lot more sway over the Liberty Media or not, not Liberty Media, but the Liberty People than Bob Barr does. So we shall see. We shall see what we shall see. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Tell me about the hot dog bomb. I have no idea what this is. Well, it's not a hot dog bomb. They blew up some hot dogs because they thought they were dangerous. Who's they? Well, um, the police. Hot dogs. Dangerous? Explain, please. Well, um, I'm sorry. My computer has frozen up. I can't, uh, even, I, I can't even turn between pages You could give me a summary if you recall the basics of the story. That would be appropriate. Um, as I recall, it was the Philadelphia Phillies uh, baseball stadium. Oh. Where, uh, oh, it could be a terrorist attack then, right? Right. Attacking we're, a stadium. We're talking about some hot dogs wrapped in aluminum, and uh, somebody decided they looked like, okay, here we go. Thank Are we God. talking about like a bulk pack of hot dogs, like something for the the vendors there? The discovery of several hot dogs from, uh, let's see, CBS3.com. The discovery of several hot dogs in packages outside Citizens Bank Park uh, brought the bomb squad out and forced the temporary evacuation of the stadium Wednesday evening. According to the police, Patterson Street between Darien and 11th Street was shut down as officials investigated the discovery of several suspicious packages near a ticket office. Fans inside the stadium were evacuated, but players remained on the field during the incident. Bomb squad members further investigated the packages and determined they were simply several hot dogs in foil wrappers. Sadly, the wieners were detonated as a precaution. They just blew them up because... They love that stuff. Yeah. This is not the only time we've read a story similar to this. I don't know if it's ever been as absurd as a box of hot dogs, but it seems like... several hot dogs wrapped in foil wrappers. Okay, I mean... Individually wrapped? Well, that's how they give them to you at a ballpark. It's probably... They were probably sitting in a little carton or something together, but yeah, just individually wrapped hot dogs. So they put a bomb in there where there wasn't one and blew them up. Yeah. Well, we've got to blow this up just to be safe. I've never understood that. I've never understood that. I feel like someone might have explained it in the past, but it's one of those things where I probably have to be explained it twice, two or three times before I'll actually get it. What's it, the reason for blowing things up that are supposed to be bombs? It was clear from when um, when we looked at it um, at first glance, and when you looked at the uh, debris afterwards, there was packaging and duct tape. I didn't see many. I don't see many hot dogs sold here with duct tape. Philly's VP of Operations, Mike uh, Stiles, said, "We did just what we felt was appropriate." Who's we? Phillies VP? The, the, the yeah, Philadelphia the Phillies did not blow up the hot dogs. The Phillies, oh, that was the Phillies VP. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. The the <laughs> Phillies take on the Atlanta Braves at, well, whatever. Um, but, you know, <laughs> okay, so a hot dog, you know, the, the the packaging was held together with some duct tape because it had ripped. Maybe it had gotten damp or something mm. like that. I don't Amazing. know. Just People seems are silly. so on They're so edge. ready to blow crap up. Yeah. Well, and this it's just more proof that when you give them their toys, they want to play with their toys. Them. That's exactly what I was thinking of. And they just they get all kinds of money from the taxpayers and of course now the homeland security money is rolling into police departments. They're buying tanks, they're buying battering rams, they're buying all kinds of sniper rifles and and I guess they've got their own set of bombs that they can use to just blow up whatever it is they want to blow up. 
when the cops blow up uh, a hot dog cart, then it's okay. But if anybody else blows it up, then that's a crime, apparently. It's very strange. Very double standard. But this is the way things are, right? This is how it works. I yeah I don't know that's it's just silly toll free number one eight hundred harken back to that uh, you know the incident in Boston where they had to blow up the uh, flashing sign eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one more taser deaths by the way did you hear the cop that uh, I guess was the lieutenant that ordered the killing or the, the the tasering which resulted in the killing the tasering of the man in New York the crazy man that was waving a uh, a big light at people a a, a light bulb yeah they uh, that guy shot himself. He's mm. dead. Gosh. All right, more on the way. You can take control. Hour two is coming up. Uh, another taser story and whatever you want to talk about. If you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, this is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching at hour number two of the program. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies is looking for libertarian students and recent graduates interested in careers in, uh, you know, movies, film, animation, video game productions, print and broadcast journalism, public policy. They include uh, a stipend, the housing and travel allowance, tuition and travel assistance uh, for in uh, their career development workshop, books, all kinds of things they give you for these uh, internships. If you're late in high school, all through college, recently graduated from college, give this a try. I think it uh, might be good for you. LibertarianInternships.com. At least contact them and find out what the deal is. That's LibertarianInternships.com. All right, 800-259-9231. I did have a story about a taser, and I was sort of reading through it a little bit deeper during uh, the news break there, and it really wasn't worth telling on air, but since I, I mentioned I'll go ahead and summarize the story. It was one of those stories where you got a guy that's probably hopped up on something, coke, or coke and alcohol, or something like that. That's what they suggested in the story, and he was not being too cooperative when the police were trying to, I guess, uh, put him in a detention sort of state. And they they tased him several times, uh, twice. They tased him at least twice before he got the, before the police got the handcuffs on him. That, but then after the handcuffs were placed on him, they tased him again. And it's that point at which I think you've crossed a line. I understand the purpose of the taser, and I think that there are some legitimate uses for it. If you've got a, a madman that's high on PCP that you know thinks he's as strong as ten men and at least, is at least acting that way, he can put people in danger. There's no doubt about that. So if you've got a dangerous suspect that you're trying to bring to uh, right, there's sometimes you would use the taser that uh, you know it, it keeps them from having to use the billy club or the gun. I, I right. like it for that reason. But right. if you can use it to save a life that would otherwise be possibly threatened by the more uh, standard police-issue gear, then that's good. 
But once you get the guy in cuffs, I understand that if he was dangerous before, he might might still be somewhat dangerous while in cuffs. But you think not he could that take ca- much. Right. You think he could take care of the guy when he's in cuffs? You know, and if not, uh, you know, you shackle him too. Yeah. I mean, what really? At, at some point or another, you've got him. You've got <laughs> a guy in cuffs and uh, probably multiple cops on the scene at that point. It would not be difficult to have multiple cops move in on a man in handcuffs and, as you say, put on shackles and put him in the back of a police car. So it seems to me that the third tasering was just because they could. And that's what we've seen with these taser deaths, is they utilize the taser in many circumstances where the tasers were not originally intended to be utilized. Where but, was this story, by the way? Yeah, I closed the story. Okay. Sorry. It could have been anywhere. These, these stories pop up all over the place, and the dude died. The guy who uh, was tased... And he probably wouldn't have died with the, without the last tasing. Without the final tasing. Exactly. Uh, and it's just so unnecessary and so sad. And a so lot of times, these, the, the people that, that are, you know, this happens to are not savory characters. But that's not the point of it. You're right. not, the, the police aren't there to execute people. They're human beings and... This isn't Judge make, Dredd. Right. People make mistakes... And they deserve the opportunity to restitute their victims. If there was a victim in the in the case, I don't think I think it was just a, a raving madman. They were talking about how he's like foaming at the mouth or something like that. <laughs> so if there is a victim, that that person should be restituted. But if you've got a dead suspect on your hands, nobody's going to get any restitution. So, but the cops understand that there's very little penalty that actually happens to them as a result of pulling the trigger on a taser. And Very little ever occurs to the police as far as punishment. And, and that much is true, and, and I'm not sure that these things are necessarily thought about in advance. Look, if a guy's giving me a whole bunch of trouble, you know, from that, you know, in a physical standpoint, I might give him that last little kick. I'm, however, never not going to cop. be a police officer. <laughs> and, um, you, you know, no, it's not acceptable. It is not acceptable behavior. And I, I, I can't say that I, it's wrong. I can say I understand, but it's wrong for them to do that. Okay, by the way, uh, last hour we talked about the cops blowing up some hot dogs because, well, they wanted to. Uh, they, I guess they believed there was still a chance there could have been some a bomb in there. They believed there was a, it was a package with a bomb in it, but they looked through it and they only found Watch hot out, dogs. Watch out, those hot dogs are loaded. But apparently there's a, you know, they believe that there still could have been something there, so we need to blow this up. And I asked the question, which I know I've asked in the past, and I don't recall what the answer was. Uh, but the, the question was, why do they do this? Is it just because they like to blow stuff up and this gives them an excuse? I believe that's the number one reason, but our board operator actually had a suggestion. He says, the theory is that you can put a small explosive charge about the size of a firecracker in and disrupt the detonator mechanism on a larger bomb. Once the detonator is blown apart, the rest of the bomb is hopefully at that point inert. It's safer for the explosives disposal guy than trying to disarm a bomb by hand. The EOD guy never knows when a bomb might go off and catch him 12 inches away. Okay, I see that. But there was no evidence of a bomb. So in the case where there's no evidence, I mean, if you've got a ticking bomb and a detonator device, well, then you know where to strap the little firecracker to to blow up the detonator. But these guys looked through this box of hot dogs and... Couldn't find any evidence of a bomb, well, but went ahead and blew it up just to be safe. I guess, you know, I was kind of thinking about the story, any, um, too, and I, I guess I 
you know, I brought it out to to just show how much the police like to use their toys. And, yeah. You know, in thinking about it a little bit more, I think I'm going to have to say, if you've got the bomb disposal guys there, they've already been deployed. Um, you're already paying them their overtime or whatever. So Let them blow something up? Well, no, it's not let. It's you might as well not take the chance even with the what loaded chance? hot box. It's, it's, it's a hot dog box. Where they, are you going to hide the bomb? They suspected it for some reason. That, that yeah, reason the was reason was they want to blow some stuff up. That's what the reason was. Let's go unscreened to the amp line. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello? I, I can barely hear you. Uh-oh. I don't know if there's much I can do about that at the moment, but uh, go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, this is Jonathan in Texas. Uh, I wanted to talk about my latest experience with the Monopoly Protection Agency. Do tell. Well, uh, I was uh, working in my front yard last night, and uh, a uh, person who lived on the street that I didn't know lived there drove by at an extremely fast speed, and we yelled at him to slow down because there were kids playing in the road. A right. uh, person drove by again 15 minutes later. We yelled at him again, and uh, was he, he got still going out. Fa- was he going fast again um, the second time? I'm sorry. It sounds like you're having a, a telephone problem because you're cutting in and out. Hmm. I uh, I don't know what that problem might be. If you'd like to continue telling your story, you're welcome to, or we can put you on hold and see if we can work those out. Okay. All right. That means he's going on hold, I guess. I'm uh, not sure what the problem with the phone lines is. See if we can remedy that. 800-259-9231. By the way, that's the amp line that he's on, so if you're calling the 800 number, everything should be fine for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Uh, so we'll find out what the rest of that story is. I'm going to guess the guy going fast was a cop. That's my guess. Uh, I don't know for sure. In fact, there was an incident recently uh, outside of the federal courthouse where one of the conquered police officers decided to harass some of the activists that were on the corner demonstrating. Did you see the video footage from this yet, Mark? I did see the video footage. What did you think of that? Well, I thought that... uh I thought that there was some, uh, you know, some blame to go around, you know, um, that there was... What are you talking about? Well, you don't know what happened ahead of the video. I was not there, that's true. I was down the street. I do. What happened? Well, um, the, 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 the officer was, you know, uh, sitting at the stoplight, and uh, one of the uh, protesters kind of, you know, uh, made a comment to him, hey, shouldn't you have your seatbelt on? Yeah. And, which I think is fine. And he made a kind of a, you know, had a smarmy, uh, smart aleck. Yeah, maybe I should. And I don't see anything wrong with that, honestly. And then um, there was a, an expletive uttered. A-hole. Yeah, yeah by, the, uh, by the protester. And right. that's, that's the, the line stepping. And I understand. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. You talk to any professional law enforcement officer, anybody like Brad, Bradley Jardis or uh, Shane Maxfield up here in New Hampshire, anybody who's a real professional, they'll tell you they've been trained that if somebody is yelling F you at their face, that they're just supposed to take it and move on and do their job and, and actually go after real criminals. To suggest that somebody calling co- a cop a naughty word is an excuse for the cop to be able to pull over and harass somebody? No, sir. You're wrong about that. This guy was a hothead, and he got what he deserved. If you want to see the footage, go to Ridley Report. It seems somewhat unrealistic. I understand where you're coming from. That would be the professional aspect. That's right. But I think that the the idea there would be that you would would act professionally to get treated professionally. And then he came out of his car and proved that he was an a-hole. You can see the footage for yourself by going to RidleyReport.com. It's interesting stuff, the way the cop... Uh, Don't expect to be left alone by the police officers if you're not going to leave them alone. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the archives, the wiki, the updates. We give them all away. And you can go to freetalklive.com to enjoy them on us. A new online store featuring whimsical decorative knobs and pulls is open for business. Funknobs.com is catered toward consumers looking to give the playroom, kids' room, bathroom, or even the kitchen a unique and fun flair. Toll-free phone customer service is available at 1-877-820-9224. That's 877-820-9224. Funknobs.com is the creation of parent company Internobs.com, online since 2004. I don't think we're the guys to read ad copy with the word whimsical in it. What do you think? Uh, Whatever. Do you feel whimsical? If the client wants me to read that ad, I'll be happy to read it. Funknobs.com. All right. We continue here, and Jonathan has called our regular 800 number here. We tried him last uh, last segment, and there were some problems with the amp lines. There still are, unfortunately. We'll try to iron those out. But in the meantime, the regular 800 number is working, so let's talk to Jonathan in Texas. Go ahead and uh, bring us back to your story. You were, there was somebody speeding down your street in your neighborhood. You, you yelled at them to slow down, and then they came back 15 minutes later. That's where we left off. Okay, and when we yelled at the gentleman a second time, uh, first of all, I should mention that there were three people in my front yard. I was doing some landscaping, and the general manager of one of your Texas affiliates was actually helping me with that. Cool. Oh, wow, cool. And a friend of his and a kid of the friends. A kid was running back and forth across the street like kids tend to do around sundown, which is why we yelled at the guy. Mm-hmm. So the second time we yelled at the guy, he uh, pulled to a stop in the middle of the road, got out of his vehicle, and... We assumed he was either going to say, yell at us or whatever. Yeah. But before he got two or three words out, he uh, punched a general manager across the jaw and oh. got a good shot in my eye. And Jeez. We yelled a little bit, and the guy punched me again, and then the my buddy pulled a knife on him and finally got him to run away. Jeez, that's crazy. i never seen anything like that in my life. I don't know if the guy was hopped up on drugs or what it was, but... Despite my free market principles, I decided uh, this was definitely a time to get the Blue Light Gang involved. Uh oh. Yeah. So I gave them a call and they showed up. They about don't always minutes. help the situation. What happened? Well, they showed up about 30 minutes later. Mm-hmm. And uh, I called them because I was afraid this, you know, the guy lives on our street. I was afraid he was going to his house to get a gun because oh. he was not acting very rationally. So you had seen this gentleman before. You know, you knew for a fact he lived on the street then. I'd seen his truck before. He was driving a, a company vehicle, which. Uh, kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. So um, the police came, and we spent all of probably 15, 20 minutes doing paperwork and other silliness before mm-hmm. they went down there to uh, pick up the fellow. And where this gets interesting is that he'd been in trouble before. Mm-hmm. So they, they knew the guy, and they knew that you know he was up to no good. But the uh, judge involved of setting the guy's bond set the bond so low that the guy was back out on the streets before the paperwork even hit the DA's office. Okay. And I was this whole incident, when I was sitting at home after it happened, I was thinking, how would the free market handle somebody that was just so completely unhinged? And I came to the conclusion that, well, they would certainly handle it better than that, somebody that's proven to be a threat and that has a history of violence. They wouldn't put him right back yeah. out on the street. They would have to, right? I mean, if, your job, if their job is to protect the people that they've been hired to protect, then that doesn't exactly count as protection at all, what the cops did in So how case. long did he stay in jail? Uh, 
paperwork about time? 15, 16 hours. 15 or 16 oh. hours? So, um, well, if, if there's justice in this circumstance, then uh, it would seem to me that, you know, 15 or 16 hours is enough for a guy to cool off and, and learn, you know, that, hey, you're going to get in trouble for doing dumb stuff like this. And then perhaps it, I, I, there's still a possibility that some justice can be served here. The judge will give him something like restitution, restitution would be nice. right, a, a, a financial penalty for having hit you guys, because any fine that he pays or any community service he does isn't going to do you guys any good at all. Um, I, I understand you'd probably feel that justice would be served if he would do a little time, and I would say that you know a little time would probably be better than uh, community service or something. I don't know. I mean, any any of those things is well, really pointless this, to the victim. This is what I keep coming back to. I was thinking the same things last night, and that all makes sense when you have a rational human being that you start to realize that uh, actions have consequences. But when you're dealing with somebody that's just so completely beyond the pale, I mean, you yell at somebody... And the next thing you've got fists coming across your face, that's, that's escalating a little bit quickly. Yeah. Well, I wonder what, yeah, what is I mean, his... Like, you could be in danger. It's certainly possible, but... Do you know what his criminal history is? Know. You said the cops were aware that he'd done things in the past, but what, do you know what those things were? Were they also he, violent? Yes, he's been in jail before for violent offenses. Well, mm. that's where you have the situation, Mark, but this was not a first-time offense. You've got a guy who's done multiple things in the past, and they just let him walk out the door. I think in the case where you've got somebody who is a known madman, that you have to handle things a little bit differently. And I think that your critique uh, and your concern is absolutely valid, Jonathan. I think so too. I think to some extent, you know, it, the, the 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 bad thing about the system is it seems like the recidivants, the guys that keep on doing it over and over again, those guys seem to get uh, leniency from my point of view. And it seems like the guys that uh, you know have made a mistake or that they've you know they've managed to catch the first time, you know, the average Joe, they seem to really get it. Hmm. I thank you for the story tonight. Any other thoughts, Jonathan? Well, it, things also got interesting when we attempted to file for some sort of protective order just because you know, the, the fellow does live close to us, and that uh, that proximity, I think, increases the chances that he might try to attempt something again. Sure, you never he, know. He could get some beer in his belly and decide, I'm going to take care of them guys. Time for a rematch. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the amount of runaround we got just trying to take care of that, and we haven't even gotten that in place yet, just hmm. amazes me. That, when you say runaround, what do you mean? Like well, passing the buck? Well, you know, uh, I don't deal with this sort of thing every day, so the right. first logical place I went to was a police station, and we filed our reports, and mm-hmm. I asked them what we would do about this, and they said, well, you need to go to the Justice of the Peace office. Okay, well, we'll go over there. So we went over there, and the Justice of the Peace says, oh, the officers were supposed to do that when they picked oh, the guy geez. up. So now we have to file a different procedure because this is after the fact, which we found out then we have to go through the district attorney who, <laughs> as of 5 o'clock today, two days after the event still hasn't gotten the paperwork from this nice yes so this is in progress then you may have more updates for us uh, in the future hopefully nothing hopefully negative. you don't have any updates at all yeah well that's true but uh, absolutely as far as the bureaucracy as far as uh, you know trying to travail the uh, or i guess travel through all of the the hoops and jump through whatever it is they want you to jump through in order to get this paperwork filed uh, it sounds like an, it's, a, it's a nightmare that has only just begun. It seems likely to me that the guy will leave you alone. However, there's still the chance, and I understand yeah. your concern. Well, it's just amazing that this isn't property taxes or the other sorts of things we normally interact with the government with. This is the sort of thing that allegedly the government was set up to protect us against, and it's so far largely just a big joke. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I thank you, Jonathan, and I wish you good luck. Please call if you have an update on your story.
Thank Will you. do. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. And this is something that people, unfortunately, they discover when it's too late. You know, they, I mean, they may have... Uh, very few people come across the Liberty message. They they might see the occasional story in their newspaper about a corrupt cop or uh, incompetent bureaucracy, but they believe that the cops are going to be there for them when it's their time, when they need them for their services that they provide, and then they get a shock to the system when they discover it's just not like they thought it was going to be. In this case, they could hire private security, but they're already paying a whole bunch for the police. 1-800-259-9231. Speaking of the cops, what are some of the lies they're telling the government people about the marijuana initiative down in Massachusetts? We'll find out in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Across the sands of time, from the lands of Abraham to the lands of Julius Caesar, the metals of the earth were forged into the coin of the realm. Now you can own a piece of history with affordable ancient coins from the Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine eras. Guaranteed authentic by Janus Numismatics. Transport yourself to the distant past at ZeusCoin.com. That's ZeusCoin.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, and those include the wiki with over uh, 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go and get interactive. You can create virtually anything uh, that you want there. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. So head over to wiki. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Next time you have a meeting, you know, try out uh, WebEx since rather than uh, getting in a plane and paying those new higher uh, airfares mm-hmm. or hopping in the car and paying three fifty four dollars a gallon to get to your next meeting, you can uh, try WebEx for free. I believe it's a 30-day trial. They also give you a free webcam. Uh, WebEx.com. Enter promo code 600 for your free trial of WebEx. That's W-E-B-E-X dot com, promo code 600. Try it today. So, since we've been kind of talking about cops tonight, we'll continue the theme here. And, of course, you can call in about what you want. But let's talk about, uh, we, we can get to the U.K. knife ban, but first, let's talk about prohibition right here in the good old USA. This story from the Marijuana Policy Project, where we've mentioned, I think, over the past few months that off and on, that Massachusetts, they are going to have a marijuana decrim ballot initiative. And, of course, polling results have shown that significant majorities of Massachusettsans, is that the correct Massachusetts. term? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I, th- I think the, the common nomenclature is uh, mass Massholes. Well, anyway, the, uh, the, the good people down in Massachusetts are all in favor of, uh, most of them are in favor of marijuana decriminalization. And we're not just talking about medical marijuana here. We're talking about decrim wherein uh, somebody would suffer less if the cops caught them with marijuana. It's a good idea. And most people agree. Unfortunately, the police don't. And the district attorneys don't either. This story, again, from the MPP, just outlining some of the lies that they have been flooding the media with in what uh, MPP calls a cynical attempt to scare voters into defeating the measure on November 4th. So whenever this stuff comes up, whenever a decrim measure comes up, whether it's on the ballot or in front of the legislature or whatever, the police and the government uh, apparatus that is out there enforcing these laws and advocating for these laws come out with the same old lies... 
And here are some of them. Marijuana, they claim, is more dangerous than alcohol or tobacco. No, no, it's not. Because, they say, tobacco takes a long time to kill you and alcohol has health benefits. Marijuana hasn't been shown to kill anyone. Right. Ever. Hasn't given anyone lung cancer. Certainly marijuana smokers have gotten lung cancer. They usually smoke cigarettes, They too. smoke cigarettes. Uh, inhaling combusted plant material into your lungs, it doesn't seem like is a good idea. It seems like a rational person would say, that's a bad idea. However, they've also been um, shown that the cannabinoids in uh, smoked marijuana, in any marijuana, honestly, uh, can be good for you in in many, many Many different ways. ways. But the government claims that it hasn't. And what's the reason for alcohol? I'm sorry. It can be good for you, it says. Well, so can marijuana. Well, that's not there. They're never going to admit that. Uh, here's some They more. don't have to. The science does. Here are four gems from the Massachusetts District Attorneys Association. By empowering drug dealers with decriminalization of marijuana, we would be empowering them to continue their violent ways. Carrying and brandishing weapons. Ripping off kids who get in over their heads. Engaging in bloody turf wars. And indiscriminately assaulting or murdering. When things don't go the way they want, you know I have to. You have to wonder, Mark. Do these people that are in the government, especially in the these, this is the district attorneys association, but also it's usually the police chiefs that come out against any sort of drug decriminalization. Are they really stupid, or are they evil? Which is it? I don't feel like it could be either any anything beyond that. You're either stupid and ignorant in that you have no idea of the in, just the inanities and stupidity that is coming out of your mouth when you spout this nonsense, or you're completely evil and you know you're lying to people. I think that um, people can divorce themselves uh, from the subject they're talking about and take the stance that uh, benefits them. It's kind of like the debate club, mm-hmm. you know. This is the this is the stance I've been given in order to debate, and that's what I will do. I will make the debates, you know, that that benefit me. That's evil. It is. So you th- you're saying the district attorneys' association evil men? I, they're they're ignorant in some ways, and mostly just making evil statements. Well, here uh, this is just completely ludicrous. I mean, to suggest that they're illegal... ignorant of perhaps of some of the science that's come out about marijuana um, right. use, but they're also ignorant about prohibition. Because to suggest that decriminalizing marijuana is going to empower drug dealers to be more violent, what are they talking about? Where does that even come from? You're just lying. If you decriminalize marijuana, it takes risk out. It removes risk from the equation. Now, it's still illegal. I think that they probably don't uh, haven't thought about what's the world going to be like if marijuana is legalized. They don't think about that so much. So, you know, there's I don't know what they think. Certainly bad. You know, like they think of marijuana being bad because it largely because it's illegal. The worst things about marijuana are the illegalities of it. And that's one of the reasons why there is violence involved in the marijuana trade. Now, there's not much of it. Uh, It's more the higher levels of the the dealers. Uh, Normally, when you see violence at lower levels in drug dealers, you're dealing with stuff like uh, harder drugs like crack or or, uh, pills or something like that. But to suggest that these drug dealers are going to become more violent and more empowered because the drugs are decriminalized, it, it is just – it's not the way things work. I mean the economics of it is is if there's less risk, less violent people get into the trade. If you, for instance, have laws that put drug dealers to death, as some countries do, what you'll find is that the drug dealers are the most ruthless, 
mofos you can possibly imagine. Whereas if the drug, uh, the you know, the penalties for drug possession are very, very lightweight, well, then the drug dealers aren't. It's not as risky the, of a business. One so. of the reasons they're um, ruthless is because they're allowed. They're, they're uh, it's fostered. They can't get the protection of the police to do their business like a normal businessman can. So well, therefore, they maybe. feel they have to take. Uh, what's that? Maybe they could get the protection. That last call didn't feel like he was too protected. Understood that the uh, protection of the police officers may not be the most yeah, efficient but it's there. in the world. However, it is there, and it is, uh, you know, it's dangerous for the criminals. However, when you can't get those protections, hey, somebody robbed me at gunpoint for a pound of, mar- of my marijuana. How are you going to be able to, uh, you know, get the police involved in that? You can't. So if you want justice, whatever that might be, you have to, to, get, you have to get it on your own. More lies from the district attorneys. Marijuana arrests are strongly associated with violent crime. Dangerous criminals who make the wrong choice time and time again. Now, MPP adds that in reality, research shows unmistakably that marijuana, unlike alcohol, is almost never the cause of aggression or violence. And anybody that has had any experience in dealing with marijuana smokers knows this to be the absolute truth. People don't light up a big spliff, toke it up, and then get all angry at people. They don't run out, destroy property, and attack folks. That just doesn't happen. People get mellowed out. They want to sit down, chill, watch some TV, play some video games, enjoy themselves in the company of their friends. I've never once in the history of being around people that have smoked marijuana, and I've been around a number of people that have smoked marijuana, never once have I, have I seen anybody even get remotely upset while smoking marijuana. Certainly not coming close to violence. Well, I, I suppose I've been upset, but I, you know, not a violent sort of upset. Uh, you, you know, when I was in uh, prison, there was an officer there one time that was uh, walking me to my uh, job that I had to do at night mm-hmm. at times. And uh, I think I had the, the, a fellow co-worker with me. And he said, if it was up to me, I'd give you guys a bag of marijuana every week. To chill you out. Right. Every, you know, let every inmate in the in the place smoke <laughs> marijuana. I think that prison would be a better place. You'd have people getting arrested just so they could smoke some weed, though. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Okay. Um, they serve food in prison. It may not be yeah, the best food. food. Are yeah. there a, there's not a lot of people getting arrested. Some homeless people will get picked up just so they can have a roof over their head. <laughs> I don't think they would. There's homeless shelters out there. I've, but you don't I, get free weed. You, you know, you hear a lot. <laughs> the homeless shelters could start giving. If, if they were <laughs> able to give out the weed, then the homeless shelters could do it, too. Um, you know, you, you, you hear a lot about these people that want to be in prison. I never saw one. I never saw a single one of those convicts banging on the gate to get back in when they kicked you know, him out that, the door. That would be an interesting maybe free market development in uh, in possibly jailing. You know, the violent criminals that you're putting in jail in the free market because all the consensual criminals, criminals are no longer there. Get them high. Maybe they'll chill out. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. 
to get on board with the AMP program. It costs you as little as three bucks a month. And what that allows you to do is to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations across the country, uh, spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible, bring new Internet listeners on board. And you get perks, too, like access to the AMP only chat room, forum, uh, the, the AMP only call-in lines, which unfortunately aren't working tonight. But <laughs> There's a perk for that's you. That's why they're perks, right? That's not the primary reason. The primary well, reason... everything breaks. Hopefully, would be to support this show. And you can do that by going to amp.freetalklive.com. We'll continue with some lies here in a moment uh, that the Massachusetts Cops and District Attorneys Association are spouting about marijuana decriminalization. But first, we go to your phone calls and talk to Zane in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Zane. Hello. How you doing? Hey, Zane. What's on your mind? Uh, I was just saying, I'm a, I'm a soldier stationed at Fort Campbell. Okay. And, uh, you know, I... I'm not really. I mean, I'm, I'm not really into the whole uh, marijuana thing, but mm. uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with a free society of voting. You know, if they want to legalize, I think all drugs should be legalized, anyways. It should be a personal choice. Good point. But, but uh, as a soldier, I know when I do all my deployments, I've done four deployments, and I take. I uh, started get. I started listening to that hemp uh, hemp dot org thing, mm-hmm. and uh, they were giving us. They were giving soldiers free. Uh, hemp to uh, to clean themselves, to, de- de- to detox their body. Hmm. I never heard of that. And, That's interesting. Uh, yeah, they were giving you free shipping, and then if you called in and told me you were a soldier, they uh, they gave us free stuff to de- detox. And I'm a big supporter of hemp. I mean, it doesn't have any THC in it to uh, to make you fail, but it's so it's so beneficial in every way. I can't imagine why it would be illegal to grow in America. I don't know either. It doesn't because make people any who sense. Got, people who had influence in the government at some point managed to use the government in order to uh, get this wonder product, uh, you know, c- c- kept out of the market so that they, That's you true. know, it's competition. It they didn't want their competition. Right. Originally, the reason was because certain business owners did not want to compete with hemp. But I wonder if that's still the case. I wonder if they're still out there pushing for that because well, now it just now, seems like it, ignorance. Now it's the status quo. There are yeah. people out there whose job it is is to, you know, arrest people who have this stuff, even if it is just hemp. Obviously not nearly as many, but they don't want to give any ground. They don't mm-hmm. want to see hemp grown because if people see hemp grown, then they're going to say marijuana is okay. And we've got our jobs are dependent on this marijuana stuff. Well, I, I would say that it, obviously I think marijuana, since it's a, I think it's a spirit. I mean, I, I'm a Christian myself, but I have lots of friends who are different cultures of uh, religions. And I think it's a very spiritual drug, uh, something that we completely do not understand. But I think it's got to be something a little more dark behind it because um, I, if, if if there was a, a cutoff for Generation X, I was under uh, the understanding, because I'm in my 30s, I read in Newsweek magazine back in 1994 that if you were, if you were between 20 and 30 years old in, in March of 1994, then you were considered a Generation Xer. Now, <clears throat> in 94, you know, I just turned uh, 20, so I barely made it into that category. But if that if I'm the youngest, it means the extreme. The other side is if I'm 34 or somebody that's 44, and it seems like if people like me, who I'm not a pothead, but I'm indifferent, it should be legalized. It seems like if it wasn't rigged, there'd be more people pushing, and it would be legalized. When you say it wasn't rigged, what what do you mean by that? I mean it's obviously being it's being stopped. Uh, I think it's a little more dark darker than just a matter of. The government says it's bad. I think it's something, you know, like, I mean, I'm not into the teachings of David Icke. I don't believe in the conspiracies that he do, does, mm-hmm. but I, he does have a point about a lot of 
uh, different spirituality, about uh, having connections to uh, whatever it is that you believe in. I'll agree and with you says, on that. I've actually, I'll give you, I'll, I'll agree, and I'll, I have to give David Ike credit on that on that part. I've actually seen some videos of his where he was sort of talking about uh, kind of a pantheistic viewpoint, and I had a, a lot of agreement with the things he was saying in that case. But I'm also in agreement with you that some of his uh, conspiracy the lizard theories, men things, a little, I'm a little skeptical, are, yeah, a little yeah, skeptical, are crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really down that that path. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But right. the but, things that he says about we learn everything on the left side of our brain and we, we we regurgitate it back out on a piece of paper with the left side of our brain, we're being I think I think by design we're being you you know we're we're kind of being forced whether we don't realize it not to be creative with our right side of our brain. And I think this drug kind of kind of leads you down into being very creative, you know what I'm saying? I think you're right about that, and I think that sure. it kind of goes back to a, a little favorite conspiracy of mine, and that is that there are certain... I don't know, people or movements, there are certain entities out there that would like to restrict that creativity. They would like to restrict people from expanding their mind and experiencing things in a in a different manner, an altered state of reality, which is what, I mean, marijuana is a mild psychedelic. That is basically what it is. Uh, you, you're not going to really get any significant hallucinations off of it. You might think you see something in the shadows, but it's not actually there. I mean, that's about as extreme, or you think you hear something that's not actually there. It's about as extreme as the hallucinations will get uh, with marijuana. You can imagine, like, your imagination can certainly run wild, and that's yeah. kind of along that line. As I say, a mild psychedelic, uh, there are some certainly some much more stronger psychedelics out there, but these are all things that alter, alter one state of, uh, of natural consciousness, and there seem to be entities, whether they be governmental or, or corporate, that... The, the, we know the government system, the education, the indoctrination system is designed to dumb people down. It's designed to keep people in the dark, keep them ignorant of who they could possibly be and what they could possibly accomplish, keep them locked into the rat race, locked into the system where they're just a cog in the system and nothing more than that, and keep them happy, of course, as they're doing all this so they don't question their reality. But if uh, if they could expand their mind and expand their choices and experience these experiences, they may come to different conclusions about life. This is one of the reasons why I'm such a huge uh, fan of uh, the drug MDMA, commonly known on the street as, as ecstasy. I think, uh, I think the world would be a better place if everybody did at least one hit of uh, MDMA in their but lives. But most of it's fake out there. It is mostly fake out there, that's true. I mean the most real bad stuff. The real stuff, MDMA. I think the world would be a better place because people that have so much anger in their hearts that they've been trained to have by you know, the government indoctrination camp saying, well, the, you know, the Japanese are bad. They were bad back in 1942, or you know, back in uh, the past, or our enemy today, or these evil uh, Muslims, or whatever the, the current enemy is, whether they be immigrants or Muslims or whatever. Uh, I think if people would would open their minds and their hearts, and I think these psychedelic and empath empathogen drugs allow them to do those sorts of things uh, in a much easier uh, in a much easier way. I think there really are some people out there that have a vested interest in keeping people ignorant and angry, and I think that uh, locking them out of these drugs. Is 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 helping that happen? I, is that sort of kind of what you were getting at there? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, you know, my mom uh, is a college professor, and they have to write an, uh, more than an article, almost a book every summer. Hmm. And um, she's a huge Christian. Uh, I, I, I support creationism, but I'm not really into this mainstream Christian religion. But she helped people uh, get off drugs. Uh, so I've seen the bad side of drugs. And even though I've seen the bad side... I, I still think, you know, drugs should be legalized. I'm not sure quite about the, I think the world would be a better place if 
if they did more ecstasy or real ecstasy, whatever. Um, <laughs> have you ever done I, MDMA? Really, I don't really understand that. Uh, have you ever you, done it? Uh, no, I've, I've never actually. Then that's why, why I asked. Uh, right. I'm, I'm, I'm not criticizing because sure. I know I've never tried it. But I, appreciate I just don't that. understand. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely appreciate where you're coming from. And there is a distinct uh, difference between somebody who's addicted uh, to a feeling or a drug and somebody who's just a, an occasional I've recreational done, user. I've done ecstasy. I don't think I'd necessarily share your opinion that it's going to make the world a better was place. Was it the real deal? Yeah, okay. it was. Wait, uh, right. can, can, before I, um, I get off, can I say one, one more thing? Yeah, go ahead, Zane. Um, earlier they said some. Uh, I'm not sure which one, uh, but one of you said something about an enemy. And I have called in. I'm, I'm a pretty educated guy. I've called in and talked to Dr. Corsi. Every time I speak to this guy on some show, he always hangs up right after I talk to him. He calls me a socialist. Hmm. I did a, uh, I wrote a quote, and I would wondered if I could just uh, say it to you. It's not very long. Do it quick. Go ahead. Okay. There are. And this is just my opinion dealing with life, is that there are only two types of people in the world, haves and have-nots. As long as the have-nots allow the haves to divide, the, divide and conquer the have-nots through artificial labels, humanity will never transcend to a higher state of consciousness. And that's ultimately who I think our I'm not sure. is. Yeah, I don't know what that really means. I don't know yeah. what the have-nots and the haves I, are. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, politics manages to uh, you know, pit groups against each other, and I think that this is what you're, what you're uh, sort of alluding to here. Well, and, the artificial labels divides people into African-American, European-American. Yes, I agree I with that. Believe I, I, I only believe that there is just people who have stuff, and there are people who don't. I don't know what but that means, But everybody has though. stuff. Yeah, everybody and has a lot of stuff. Okay, okay. So there's I'll no, be more vague. Uh, where's the I'll line? I'll be more specific. How about uh, the rich and the poor? Okay, but am I, am I rich or poor? I, and are the poor people poor compared to what they were 100 years ago? No, they're far more wealthy than they were 100 years ago. So, I, so I'm with you it's, on the... It's just jealousy, I'm, I'm with you, largely. Right, I'm with you on the not dividing people into groups. I'm with you there, but then you just went ahead and divided them into groups again. Thank you. More on the way. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Individuals should be, ba- uh, should be judged based on their actions. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching at hour number three of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that is both private and confidential. Guaranteed. And easy to use. Privacy Harbor. Well, you've tried it, so you can say so, Yeah, right? and, and if I say it's easy to it's use, easy. it's easy to use. Privacy Harbor. You are, you are somebody that needs to be handheld for almost everything computer-related, so that's really quite an endorsement. And as a matter of fact, they're willing to do, they seem to be willing to do that. They actually did that for me. Apparently, there was a, you know, there was a little glitch with Chrome early on um, ah, before yes. we uh, started doing the Chrome the is in beta. Yeah, and, and, you know, obviously they had to, you know, work through that a little bit, and so I was having a little trouble, and they helped me. They were on the phone with me, helped me every step of the way. Now, wait a minute, Mark. I I always have to ask, is that just because you are Mark from Free Talk Live? I, I can't answer. I simply don't know, right. and it's not like I'm famous or anything. I mean, they, they helped me. I would imagine... You didn't tell them who you were when you called them on the phone? Well, they were a client, and I was trying out the product, so they knew who I was. I see. You um, weren't calling, like, some helpline or something. Yeah, but... 
I didn't pay them. A customer would pay them. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. You can go and get, look, if you're somebody that appreciates privacy. As a matter of fact, I, having, having um, made the comments with, uh, you know, have, having talked with, with one of the employees there, she had said that they have to spend a lot of time doing troubleshooting with people, and a lot of times it's the person's computer, not what, you know, not their, their website. Not their stuff. So they actually end up doing kind of help with people on their computers. It's just so, good to know they're doing it with other people besides you. Yeah, that's all. I, would I understand. Like to check and it's always a good thing to ask. But. All right. PrivacyHarbor.com. Get over there. Get yourself a free account, test it out, and see what you think, because normal email is not secure. PrivacyHarbor.com as we continue here with your phone calls about anything. Cynthia is on the line in New Hampshire on the AMP line. Hello, Cynthia. Hi, good evening. How are you? Just super. What's on your mind? Good. Well, um, I have my uh, arraignment tomorrow, so I thought I'd um, share um, some parts of the process that I've had to uh, deal with so far. Before now, this I arraignment is for driving without registration, is that right? Yep. Specifically, the arraignment is because I was, quote, caught having um, false registration and inspection on my vehicle. Gotcha. So I wasn't pulled over. He sort of, I pulled over and he sort of followed me. And so it sort of has come to that. I have, um, you know, a complaint to appear, and what it so they uh, mm-hmm. they label it as an arraignment, and uh, so what goes on is that you have to um, enter a plea. That's what they. That's what they would not, like you to do. Yes. Right. Exactly. So, um, but so uh, you know, related but separate to that. Uh, earlier today, I just want to call and say, um, just get their policy on recording devices uh-huh. just to make sure. And it was pretty funny because um, I, I called uh, a little before lunchtime, and I said I have um, I have a, a court date uh, tomorrow, and I'm just calling to find out policy for um, cameras, whether it's audio, visual, or both. Just what your policy is. And um, she said, Oh, well, the uh, the court records everything. And then you can order the uh, CD for <laughs> twenty twenty five bucks. Yeah, that's not acceptable. Exactly. Yeah, and I thought, um, wow. And then I just immediately said, well, uh, what about freedom of the press? And she paused. <laughs> it was Ooh. it was telling and funny. Uh, so and then she, oh, uh, well, uh, what exactly do you want to do? And mm. I said, well. You know, I, I just I might want to bring um, some sort of recording devices in, and uh, it's not really a big deal. I'm just calling to uh, confirm that it's not a big deal. And she said, oh, well, you know, sort of hold on. So she checked with some people. and, and Wow, um, this must be the first time either she's new and this has uh, never happened as she's worked there, or it's the first time that uh, it has happened uh, to this I don't court. think she's new because generally these people have these jobs from the time that they're, you know, 17 and a half yeah. till they're 56 and a half. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just sort of stay there their whole life. So yeah. it, it was new to her. You know, it really mm-hmm. was. And um, so then she wanted to know what kind of case I had. And she said, um, is it um, criminal or civil? And, you know, I kind of knew, but I said, well, I'm civil. <laughs> but, you know, it's a... a you know, a, a vehicle um, infraction, sort of a violation. So it's that's not criminal. Is that so, considered criminal? I don't know. I guess I'm. Mm. I'm the. You know. I don't know either. A, a criminal, but anyway. So she. Um, so again, she had to check, and then she didn't know. So she transferred, and 
anyways, so to um, carry on further, I finally had to call back and just get the final solution. So, you know, I have to file a motion with the judge. Oh, really? Before the morning. So he's, hmm. you know, old guy, laid back. I can't see any problem, but mm-hmm. it's, um, I would just like to set a precedent so that in the future, um, I mean, I may only actually be in front of him for about 10 seconds, but Maybe. that way in the future, so that um, for my trial, um, it won't be such a big deal, and then so yeah. now it will be more of a commonplace event. So I agree cameras... with you. I'm curious, though, Cynthia, what is the process of filing a motion? I, I know, Mark, you've probably been through this. What, what does it involve, Cynthia? It's usually, um, you know, usually go to um, one of these racks, and they have about 10 different pieces of paper. They're all mm. for different types of motions. And so you kind of create a motion. You know, you want to you want to keep it brief. And you want to state exactly what your motion is. They either deny it or allow it. And um, it's, um, you know, they're usually, a lot of times they're involved in bail. You know, a lot of times, you know, if you want to get your money back or, you know, there's... there's It's when you're asking the court for something. It's when you're asking them to accept something or or trying to get them to um, make a ruling on something. That's what you're trying to do. So uh, when you said it has to be filed prior to, does that mean you can go tomorrow morning right before the trial? Well, that's what I told her. I says, well, you know, what time do you open? Mm -hmm. You know, and so I guess I'll get there a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, it's going to take me about 10 minutes to chicken scratch this thing down, and then she'll just hand it to them. And, you know, I mean, if you look at the New Hampshire Constitution or, or, you know, any rulings for camera, they basically want to make sure you don't have big flashes and they don't want it to be obtrusive. They don't want you filming someone who would be completely embarrassed that they would then end up on YouTube the next day or something. So as long as you don't harm someone else, um, then I really don't think uh, he would have a problem with it. Well, this would be interesting. What would be funny, though, is his reaction. Yeah, this, yeah. This should be interesting because it sounds like it's the first time they've had to deal with something like this. It's a right. little town, and it's, it's a college town, right? Dover, New Hampshire. Is it a college I wouldn't town? say it's a college town. No? I would say Durham's. A, Durham oh, it's Durham. Is a, I always mix those two up. Okay, I, I always mix those two yeah. up. Anyway, so, yeah. so this it's is kind of an old old timers with a lot of new influx or influx of new people. Have you gotten so people to say they're going to show up tomorrow morning? I know you posted this over at the uh, the the, the com forum recently. Are you? Yeah, I mean. I think um, maybe four four people or maybe eight people. Like I said, um, I don't want to um, put a big. I don't want to put a lot of weight on this because it is. It might just be a quick thing. Because I would like it. This is this is the reason why I called was yeah. basically to share the camera story and also to see that. You know, I mean, I have to enter a plea, but the way Sam um, was kind of uh, contributing some things on nhfree.com was uh-huh. that. Well, you know, here's the spiel. You want to kind of, you know, question the cop. And, of course, the cop won't be there. So do I want to get this dismissed outright or do I want to push it so that I can kind of say, well, I was doing civil disobedience. You know, I mean, the whole reason why I did this was to bring it into the judicial system because the political system is kind of um, not really available for this sort of thing. So are you so planning wanted, on you're planning on pleading not guilty and then going ahead uh, with the trial and trying to call the cop up and impeach him? Is that basically what you're going to try to do? I think so. 
Because there's all kinds of different things that can be done, and really we're all in the realm of experimentation at this point. There is no, as you say, Mark, there is no magic incantation that's going to save you from the violence of the state. There's no way that anything is guaranteed. Uh, So we all have to sort of experiment and document and experiment and document and learn from our mistakes. And I wish you the best of luck. I wish I could attend. I have a a prior engagement, uh, unfortunately. So uh, will you call us if you're not in a jail cell tomorrow and uh, let us know Uh, how it goes? It's a a mind. Violation. Well, I almost got thrown in jail uh, yesterday because I was asking questions during the uh, the arraignment because I didn't want to plea. I wasn't interested in even consenting to that part. So uh, you never know yeah. what these judges are going to do if they got to stick up their butt or roll down the wrong side of the bed. <coughs> hey, thanks, Cynthia, and good luck tomorrow, You're okay? Welcome. More on the way. It's free. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. All those features include the bulletin board system, the BBS. Head over to bbs.freetalklive.com. Get interactive with a couple thousand of our listeners and over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, so enjoy. Free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. But prepare yourself because things can get kind of nasty in there. It is an internet forum after it is, all. It is an unregulated forum and yeah, uh, if you're new to internet forums, it might not it, it might not you might not want to make it your first internet forum. <laughs> you should have some experience at internet forums. Uh, if you conduct you your, if you conduct yourself well and yeah, they don't conduct themselves well. Don't always. take what is said there terribly seriously. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, you know, then you can enjoy yourself. And there's a lot of intellectual conversation that goes on there, and, and you know, there's a lot of uh, scat porn or well, whatever. <laughs> even I will get roped in uh, from time to time. I'm a, I consider myself a sucker for a good internet forum spat, and boy, was there one today. We can talk about it here in a moment, but first want to tell you to go to libertarianinternships.com, especially if you're somebody who is uh, fresh out of college or maybe in college, that sort of younger age bracket. Uh, looking, for instance, to get involved in learning about uh, careers in movies, film, animation, or video game production? Well, you can do it. LibertarianInternships.com. You'll get signed up for upcoming spring or summer uh, and even fall internships. Positions are paid and include participation in a career workshop. You get a $2,000 stipend. 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 Oh, we were corrected on that. Stipend for a 10-week internship. I knew how to pronounce it and the way that you I pronounced it. you. Yeah, yeah, you infected <laughs> Uh, you'll get a housing and travel allowance, uh, tuition, travel assistance, and, of course, networking opportunities in major media centers like New York City, L.A., and D.C. Uh, put, uh, placements year-round with three-semester deadlines, spring, summer, and fall. So get on libertarianinternships.com and get involved in this. Man, it sounds like a winner. It, this sounds like an amazing opportunity. Uh, it wasn't available a decade ago when I was getting into media, and if it was, man, it would have been really cool. Yeah. So jump on this. They're going to pay you to learn how to do stuff like uh, graphic, uh, like uh, movies, film, animation, video game production. There's also one for broadcast and print journalism, another one for uh, public policy. All this stuff. I mean, there's a lot of interest out there amongst liberty-minded people, and what better way to learn than to get paid to do it and meet some interesting folks while you're doing it? LibertarianInternships.com. All right, so I, I mentioned, oh, we're going to get to the phone calls. Let's talk to John in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. John, New Hampshire, going once. Hello. You're on the air, John. What's on your mind? Hey, I'm learning a bit from you guys about this open source concept. Open which source. Is awesome. Uh, which um, is basically software designers uh, opening up the code that they design so anybody can change the code, uh, modify the code, improve the code, copy the code, uh, et cetera, et cetera. 
Okay, that works with the computer. Now, bring it down to a paper level, old-fashioned style, open source, share an idea. If I have an idea or learn something from you, Sam, uh, Cynthia, whoever, all the people who call Free Talk Live, let's open source this conversation about what we need to do at an arraignment. I'm thinking we need to have a handbook. I'm thinking about just some of us that go to the federal building here in New Hampshire. It could work anywhere in the country, anywhere around the world. Use their own documents. Have a loose-leaf type uh, notebook with slides, relevant documents, nice pictures of their own oath, the type of things that the prosecutor and the, would normally put on the screen mm-hmm. in any trial, any given trial. They've got these nice slides that they put in there so they can flood the courtroom with these images. And I'm sure if it came to a jury trial, it would work as well. And uh, in those cases, you would want to have these, like, mm. put them poster size. Where I come from, you know, it was a tourist area, so they would have poster size uh, uh, things on parchment paper of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Those look pretty damn awesome. So let me see if I'm understanding you so far, John. You're suggesting that for those who are uh, interested maybe in uh, the realm of uh, civil disobedience, uh, non-cooperation, put together a lot of uh, the experience for that people have had in non-cooperating and what has happened, sort of compiling it, aggregating it all into one place that could be utilized as a tool, not just a, a tool to perhaps prompt you with certain questions that you could ask of, uh, of a judge or, or some other government bureaucrat, but also something that you could put up on on one of those displays in a courtroom in front of a jury uh, to, to show them, you know, well, here is the First Amendment to the New Hampshire Constitution, and it does say that government is by the consent of the governed, or Article 10, the right to revolution, things like that, where it could be a real resource for somebody who's been put into a position like Cynthia has been put in, as she uh, was talking about earlier. Is that what you're getting at? Absolutely. Dude, this is the kind of thing, uh, like, picture it like a, a, uh, a three-ring binder, like loose-leaf notebook, where you could take out the slide that you want and slide it in where they've got the eagle, they've got their image of the state, whatever it is, whether it's federal or state. Slide it in under there uh, where they have their image. Act like they act. You know, you don't need a lawyer to do that. You can do it on your own. If we have a handbook, uh, I'm picturing it like if we were in Concord and you were on trial or I was or Cat was or Lauren, you know, one could pass the handbook to the other, and as it becomes popular, you know, there'll be duplicate copies. Right, right. What might work for this, uh, John? But, I don't uh, know if I'm this thinking, is... I'm thinking out in Keene, in particular. Yeah. You've got this dude, Nick Ryder, uh, that did just something on a traffic ticket. It makes perfect sense. All of this is it's just common sense. And if we can talk common sense to the judge or to the prosecutor or to the enforcer or to, you know, the policeman... Whoever I think it's a brilliant not, idea. Not, I think it's a great idea to sort I'm not of act- sure it would work perfectly. Well, here's what I think. Here's what I think should Nick, be done, John. But Nick Ryder said the thing about you know he quoted from he, one sentence from the New Hampshire Constitution where it's arbitrary, etc. 
And it just doesn't make sense to follow it. Here's my suggestion, John. I don't know if this is something that you can pick up the ball and run with, but perhaps somebody listening will say, yeah, that's a great idea. I'll go ahead and handle this. Um, I would suggest that instead of starting with a physical copy, you start with an online copy, like on a wiki or something like that. Well, I've got a weakness there. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I'm saying I'm throwing this out there. I think you've, you know, you've created the idea, and I'm, I'm well, hoping someone will Look. take this and run with it. And it yeah. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Mr. Friedman, I have to tell you, that the, the in the end, the idea was one thing to have a physical copy like Lauren did. I think that you were there for Lauren's trial. Yes, I was. When they had the image of the eagle with the e pluribus unum in its mouth. Right. <laughs> and and Lauren slipped in the thing of who is the victim. Yeah, I thought it was she absolutely had a slide brilliant. That she was able to put on the thing. Yeah. We need a handbook, a loose binder. It. I love it. I think it's a great idea. Somebody else, you could put there. And we can all do that. We can replicate it. And that's why I yep. used the term open source. Thank I think you, it's a good John. idea. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Here is what I was going to suggest uh, for that. And I, as I know, I know John, you know, he's not up to uh, spec enough with the tech stuff to actually make this happen. But to open source something like that, what you'd want to do is have kind of a wiki situation where. I don't know if it should be completely open to the public, because if a wiki is completely open to the public, then anybody can go in and change stuff. Of course, it can always be reverted back. But my idea would be to put a, a, wiki, a wiki up where people can put in their ideas as far as what should go into this you know, this binder that he's talking about. Well, the wiki's already at wiki.freetalklive.com. One could use Well, there is a that. wiki that you could, but I'm, I mean something specifically for this purpose, where Why people could go and... Yeah, what if that's what you want to do? I, I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think you need to have con- more control over who can edit something like this because the information is pretty critical. Uh, we'll come back and talk more about it. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free. So enjoy those on us. And those features include live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam version. It's all for free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen. .freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's right there at the top, the right hand of the page, because they're the biggest sponsor of Free Talk Live. So true. 800-259-9231. So we got a call a moment ago from uh, John in New Hampshire with I, what I thought was an excellent suggestion. And that was that a lot of the uh, the experiences that many of these activists have been having, like Sam from Texas, from the Obscure Truth Network, a lot of the experiences they've been having, for instance, in court or just dealing with bureaucrats in general – Maybe it should be aggregated somewhere. I mean, yeah, we hear about them a lot here on Free Talk Live, but once the show goes out, it's out into the ether, and then you have to know well, which show to listen to. Just the things that to. one's learned, and yeah. that's a good thing to, right. to collect. You know, to collect what one's learned in, in, a, in a particular area, that's good. Right. So we learn a lot here on Free Talk Live, but there's no real easy way to catalog what goes on the air on the show. I no. mean, we just sort of have a you know description. It's just of, talking. 
Yeah, so you can't. It's not easy to go back and dig through and find what you're looking for. So having something that's uh, more textually based, easy to search, something like that, would be really beneficial. And so what I was suggesting earlier was having like a wiki that uh, that people could go to and they could edit and and uh, essentially. Uh, add their experiences and their suggestions to this wiki, and then people could print out what they found useful from the wiki, and they could utilize that. For for instance, as Cynthia is going to court tomorrow morning on this driving without registration charge, she was performing some civil disobedience, she might be able to go to this wiki and see what other people have experienced and pluck out what she thought would be helpful for her, print it out, and, and, and utilize that. And I think it's a great idea. In fact, uh, one of our chat uh, chat room folks here, Bile, from blogabile.com, is actually saying that he was in the midst of creating a website just for this sort of purpose, uh, hmm. creating a uh, a website which is essentially a repository for activist material. So there's a little synergy here, right? Well, it's, it's um, you know, the, the, I don't know what they call it, but there's like a critical point in time when these sorts of – when people will get the same ideas. And I yeah, think what that do this they is, call that? I, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know – and and that it makes sense. It, now this is necessary. John came up with a really great idea. This is necessary. This is something that should be started. People should start yeah. working on. And of course, somebody else could have the same great idea. Of course, right. with our uh, intellectual property laws in this uh, country, it it might very well be very difficult for uh, both of them <laughs> to have the same idea and uh, you know profit off of it. But I don't think either of these folks are trying to profit. No, no, I'm I think not saying what they're, that they're trying to, to profit. Is... I'm just saying uh, that. You know, we have some intellectual... Pro- Look, two people had the same idea. Ah, you're giving an example of if they wanted to, for instance, register their idea, they yeah. could hurt the other person. Right. These folks, uh, they just want to help others, help other activists get the information that they need to help them do what they're doing, And which, in this case, what we've been talking about this hour, and I know some people are very upset by this, is uh, civil disobedience and non-cooperation. Now, Cynthia called in to bring it up, so it seems like fair game at this point. I uh, wasn't going to go there tonight, but this is the show you can call and discuss anything. I I talked earlier, Mark, about how I'd gotten into a bit of a forum spat earlier today. One of the uh, participants there had posted a message calling me a hypocrite. He claims that he was call- he was saying I was engaging in hypocrisy on one particular issue. But if you say someone's being uh, hypocritical or engaging in hypocrisy, you are calling that person a hypocrite. Anyway, that's how I took it. I, I, I don't think so. I think that yes, uh, it is. No, Go read the definition of hypocrite I, I or think hypocrisy. That, I think that. Um one can choose to take it that way. However, it is a uh, a better way to state things to say, look, you're being hypocritical rather than saying to somebody, you're a hypocrite. So it's not exactly the same. No. Well, if you say someone has engaged in hypocrisy, you are saying they were being a hypocrite. They can draw the conclusion yeah. from what you've said that they are a hypocrite. You, however, have not said it because the words didn't come out of your mouth. What words? You're a hypocrite, Ian. Those words did not come out of my mouth. What's the point you're trying to make? I'm sorry. I must be missing it. I am, by saying that you're being hypocritical, I am not calling you a hypocrite. To call you a hypocrite, I would have to say, you're an effing hypocrite. Yeah. Okay, well, now we're just playing semantics, Mark. So if you go and you want to look up, you want to go and look up uh, hypocrisy, then you will find that... If one, um, it, like, one can draw more, honey, more uh, flies with honey than one can with vinegar. A yeah. better way to state something, if someone is being hypocritical... Uh, is you're being hypocritical, not you're a hypocrite. I'm understanding See, that. That was not the way it was stated. A Either hypocrite one of those ways. is a person who is always hypocritical. 
Like everything okay. you do, you're hypocritical That's in what fine. you do. I see where you're coming from on that, Mark. Uh, I'm telling you that it, neither of it was not stated in either fashion. It was pointed out that what I was engaging in was hypocrisy, and the claim was that. What, what he was claiming was hypocrisy was absolutely not, which is why I uh, I went off and decided to respond the way I did, and that created like a five-page long thread on our, uh, our on our BBS about this. But essentially, his claim was that on one hand, if people call in to talk about some local election, wherever the local might be, that I'll say something to the effect of, well, it's an international radio program. I don't think that whoever's running for dog catcher in your town or city council or representative or state rep or whatever, I don't think that whoever's running for whatever political office you're talking about, that that entire topic is just not relevant to somebody who lives across the country or in Europe or something like that, one of our Canadian listeners or wherever. Right? We've got listeners all around the world. And I think that's a valid I think that's a valid thing to say. And he was saying that because I say that on one hand, but on the other hand, in another segment of the same show, I may be talking about something that happens as far as civil disobedience or non-cooperation right here in our very own uh, little city of Keene. And he's saying that that's hypocritical because, well, it's a local non-cooperation thing that you'll talk all all kinds of talk about on Free Talk Live, but yet a, a political issue or a, you know, not issue, but political uh, campaign is somehow irrelevant. Well, and I'm sorry, but those are not. Uh, that's not a hypocrisy at all. That's uh, that is what it's a programming decision based on something that can be relevant to anybody worldwide. Somebody now, can, I read the same thread. I read the same thread, and I think that uh, perhaps the the, the, the author um, was being somewhat um, hyperbolic. However, I think that there's uh, – and, and, you know, uh, to me, civil disobedience anywhere in the world uh, over, you know, the right issue for is is fodder for a conversation on Free Talk Live. However, you just think the issues are not worth talking about. You think that Nick Ryder, for instance, uh, not did paying I ever, a speeding ticket. Did I say ticket? that? No. As far as I think I'm my couch is not a good issue. I, I think that here, – here's the yeah. – um, I've, I've, I've thought about this. I'm embarrassed – that I'm on a radio show with a guy who's keeping a moldy, rotten, nasty, rain-sodden couch on his front lawn as a matter of principle. Lawn. It's not my front lawn. It's my it, neighbor's. It's attached to your house. No, it's not. It's, 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 it's a duplex, dude. Yeah, it's their lawn, and it's okay. their couch. Um, you, it, it's close enough. It's close enough. Okay. Um, it's your lawn. Well, you really own the whole thing. It's attached. I know you don't. Right. But I'm telling you, that's why I'm upset about it. I'm uh-huh. embarrassed. And, you know, I think that I don't you like You hadn't been embarrassed before. The couch had been there for a couple of years. I wasn't embarrassed. when I Are never saw it. Are you embarrassed the neighbors have left the TV set out on their front porch for the last year and a half? I don't like it. It's not that you're, it's not what your house looks like. It's that we're talking about it on the air. You know, oh, so, I see. So I, you oh, know, I see. I'd That's like people to imagine thing. that your house is clean or whatever My on the outside. My house is pretty clean. Yeah, and inside The yard looks pretty darn good, actually. Except for the couch sitting in the except middle of it. Except for the couch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's where I'm coming from on it. So okay. I think we talked about, you know, I don't like talking about it. Here you are I'm talking about it. I wasn't intending to talk about it. You're the one that brought it up. I, when did I bring it up? You're the one talking about it, how the couch, you, the oh, couch you, this, no, the couch no, you that. Said, you said uh, Nick Ryder, and then you went on to say your couch. Yeah, but you're the one that continued to you know, discuss how embarrassed you are about it. Anyway, let me go on with my point here, and that is that it's not hypocrisy at all. Uh, and that is that uh, people 
have an interest, I think, I know I do, in what goes on in the realm of civil disobedience and non-cooperation. It does matter because it's something that can be easily duplicated elsewhere. And uh, whereas a, the, the nuances of political uh, political campaign, it's completely irrelevant to other people. Now, if it's an issue in a campaign that's relevant elsewhere, that's fine. I agree. Uh, if it's a general discussion about politics, okay, more on the way. We'll discuss it. It's free talk. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Uh, only a few moments remaining, just enough time for your call. Plus, we got a book giveaway coming up, so uh, stay tuned for that, 800-259-9231. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, we need you to vote. Mark, we uh, st- where are we at on the voting? Have you checked today? Um we're we were in the lead the last time I looked. Okay, this it was earlier this morning. Was so. it a big lead though? Probably not, right? It was good sized. Let's let's push voting again though, just because if it's it, the we second of the month. Yeah, I think please that that's go to vote.freetalklive.com and cast your vote for the show if you haven't done it yet. This is the month of October. That means your votes are no longer counting from September. So you need to vote again by going to vote.freetalklive.com. And have they started the podcast awards voting? I think I should check on that too because the uh, the nomination period we is are second. Oh, we're second. We definitely need your votes. Please go to vote.freetalklive.com. Looks like uh, the the podcast awards have not been uh, – the nominations have not yet been announced. So we'll keep you informed there as far as if we made the nominate, uh, made it through the nominations and you Hope can so. vote for us. Yes, hopefully we did. Uh, usually you guys are definitely on top of that stuff. So appreciate all of everybody's help in helping get this show into more ears. Voting for the show is one of the ways that we do that. And being number one on that Podcast Alley Top Ten chart is a great way to bring new people to this program. So please go to vote.freetalklive.com. Now, what we've been talking about here is some of the controversy that blew up today on the Free Talk Live BBS over one particular listener of the program uh, complaining about my allegedly being a a hypocrite in regards to me saying that, well, political campaigns, not so interesting, especially local ones on this program, uh, but local civil disobedience and local non-cooperation, that I'll focus on for, you know, several segments of the program. I think one could, uh, you know, call in and say that in in my state there are... Fifty libertarians, uh, people in the Libertarian Party running for office. Dennis Goddard uh, from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is quite good at making those calls uh, where he talks about some of the political activism and campaigning that's going on in New Hampshire, but more from a general perspective of, uh, you know, an, oh, an, oh, a bird's eye view or an overview of what's going on as opposed to the the, de- the details of a political campaign. And I think that uh, one could say, well, you know, try to make gener- you know generally state that if you get involved in your political party, for instance, instance uh, one guy one guy last last week tom was uh, calling in about uh, getting involved in the republican party in order to sway the republican party to more of its you know free market roots um, and I think that there's some value to that. It, when one gets too specific and gets into the minutiae the, of it. To the process. Yeah. To the political process. The, to, their, to the process in their state. Because I think every state's dif- different, different yeah. in some way or another. So I, I think that one can't uh, get too specific. So it wasn't being hypocritical at all, but because he was calling it that, I kind of went off, and I admit I snapped at the dude. And, yeah, you were nasty. And for that, I, I apologize. But there's something that really frustrates me, and that is that I would expect people that are – especially people that are amplifying the show, as this gentleman was, uh, to understand the point of the program. 
and I, I clarified it in that thread a few times, and I'll do it here on the, ra- on the air because it, it keeps coming up. It's the, it's the number one complaint about Free Talk Live we've gotten throughout the entire history of the program, regardless of who's been on the show and what the subject matter has been. There are always, always listeners that say, oh, I don't think what you're talking about is very interesting. I think that's boring. Now, I'm not saying that's what he was suggesting. But I'm saying I think the couch conversation's boring. That has always been the critique. Well, there's a guy in the chat room that thinks it's absolutely fascinating. So that has always been the critique of the program that you guys aren't talking about what I think you should be talking about. Well, guess what? We have a toll-free phone number. It's 1-800-259-9231. And we tell you, I tell you, every time, virtually every time we come back from a break, every 10 minutes on this show, every 15 minutes... The listener is reminded, it's the show where you can call about what you want. If you don't call, if we start a show and we don't have any calls on the line, what do I say? Well, since we don't have calls, we'll talk about what we want. Because obviously we just can't sit here and wait for calls to come in and then go to them. We have to talk about something to fill the airtime. So I'll talk about stuff that's interesting to me. Mark, you'll talk about things that are interesting to you. You had the hot dog story tonight as well as a few others. So that's what we do. But when you call in, we finish the story, we go to the calls. You get to bring up what you want. So it's not to say that I don't appreciate critique. I do. I appreciate critique and I listen to it. I don't usually absorb most of it because usually the critique is one person thinks one thing, other people think different things. It's really hard. It's, I, it's difficult to know. And you're never, you're never ever going to make everyone happy. I'd go I mad if that. I attempted to do that. I'd go insane if I attempted to make everyone happy because as soon as I changed what I was doing, it would uh, piss off another group of listeners that was happy with what was going on. And now they become unhappy because I've changed the way I uh, approach the program. So you cannot... Uh, If you are disappointed with the content of this show, number one, I ask you to stay tuned and better yet, call in to change the content of the program. There have been instances, Mark, where we've come into the studio with reams of show prep, had one call come in at the front of the show, and have completely gone off on all kinds of tangents that we never expected to go off on. I love that kind of show. That's my favorite kind of Free Talk Live. I don't like the the Free Talk Live. uh, I mean, I like the show generally. I I do the show I want to listen to. But my favorite shows are the ones where you guys call in and bring stuff up, and we go off on tangents, and we never end up even touching the show prep uh, that we'd intended to do. But if you don't do that, then it's going to be up to us to direct things and, and figure out what to talk about. So my first recommendation would be that you call and, and, and get, a, get active. Now, the, the guy that was complaining says he does call from time to time. Great. More people should call if they are disagreeing with the content of the program. If it's so irritating to you that you don't like it anymore, then, well, there's lots there's of other... nothing we can do about there's that. There's lots of other shows out there that would be happy to have you as a listener. This is an open phone show where anything goes if you decide to, to take that option. And I happen to think that if the phones aren't operating and there's a civil disobedience or non-cooperative issue that's hot, and people people have been complaining over the past few weeks that, oh, there's been too much civil disobedience talk. Well, you know what has been happening here has been a lot of non-cooperation. We've had a two-week blast of non-cooperative activity here. The feds have arrested our friends. That, that involved non-cooperation. Nick Ryder with the speeding ticket. Russell Canning was in court. I was in court yesterday. Cynthia called tonight. She's going to court tomorrow morning. It's a blast of non-cooperation, and people want to talk about it. If you don't, then call in. Ampline, unscreened, who's this? This is Matt from Illinois. Matt, what's on your mind? I want to talk about your couch. Okay. <laughs> Much to Mark's chagrin. Go ahead. What color is it? 
I think it's green, but honestly, it's I really a brownish. Uh, it's 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 you know old '70s style. It's a low rider. It's uh, yeah. brown, completely upholstered. Uh, it's uh, you <laughs> know kind of a uh, uh, an off white stripe, brown couch, stripes, gold, little gold fleck stripe in there. You've looked much closer than I have. I never even noticed. Has a, anybody ever a lot made of it's on it? worn off Ew. on the sides on the um, you know the, the 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 fabric is worn through on the uh, the sides. It is not my couch, so I cannot speak to its history. It's my neighbor's couch. Sitting in it would be. A very wet, disgusting. Operation. Did you hear his question? Has anyone ever made love on the couch? At one point or another, it, possibly in the past, but not while it's been in the front yard or the uh, the, the neighbor's yard. I, I don't believe that you'd, you'd have to be kind of nasty to do that. Do the, do the, do the neighbor, do the uh, neighborhood cats like the, the couch at all? There are cats probably, everywhere. I there's don't probably know. A, there's probably dogs that enjoy peeing on it. <laughs> <laughs> if, well, maybe it's a wildlife sanctuary. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Anything's going to be a wildlife sanctuary if you leave it there long enough. I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead. I said, have you ever considered asking the government if maybe you could make it into a wildlife sanctuary? I would never ask permission. Kind of like sinking a ship off the uh, off the shore, turn it into a natural reef. Right. Exactly. You know. I mean, I think maybe, best, maybe a squirrel would make it. Would best find it serve nice the wildlife if one would take it out into the woods and dump it there. I don't think the That's wildlife are nice. best. There's a dump, and I would appropriately dump it where it belongs. Do you think oh, that okay. uh, sinking ships for artificial reefs is dumping in the wrong place? I see what you're where saying. Where does one Mark. throw away ships? Uh, yeah, I see where you're coming from. I, I'll take it to the dump. Is, is the couch a non-cooperative couch? I, I don't know where you're going at with this all this, point, but we're running out of time. It's pretty much grown into the ground, so I'd say it's pretty uncooperative. <laughs> Anything okay. else, Matt? Well, I was, I was just calling in because it's an open phone show, and it I is. could do that. You can, and you did, and I thank you for it. And now we're going to give away some books. So thank you, Matt. 800-259-9231. That's the number you can use tomorrow night. But for right now, we need to tell you about uh, a giveaway that we're doing. We did one, I think, last week or two weeks ago, and now we're doing another one. Five books we have to give to you. They're all the same book. Saving the World at Work. What companies and individuals can do to go beyond making a profit to making a difference. Now, you're telling yourself, wait a minute. Oh, this greeny is book. greeny crap. But it's well, good. There's one thing in here, and I haven't read the book, so I can't say to speak to the entire it. thing. But, but I, was looking at, stuff. I was looking at one part, the six laws of the saver soldier, and one of their laws is the law of abundance. Now, you would not hear this in a typical green publication. The law of abundance states there's always enough to go around. The, and that more, it, more can be created. It talks about expanding the wealth pie. This is not a typical green kind of book from what I can tell because they, the greenies typically believe that there's, there's a finite amount. Yeah, everything's lack. in lack. Right. So uh, just that right there tells me there's some good stuff in here. And if you want a copy of this book, email Mark, mark at freetalklive.com. If you are the first five people to email with your address. Yes, you have to have your address because just emailing and saying, hi, it's me. The publisher will send you a copy of Saving the World at Work. So email Mark as soon as possible. And some podcast listeners got this last time. So it's not too late if you're listening to on the podcast. Mark at freetalklive.com to grab this book. We'll see you tomorrow night online at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.